Welcome to the Wildflower Bee Farm Podcast. I'm Hank Sveck. This podcast is about helping you uh, learn and understand the different trials and tribulations of converting a 50-acre farm back to nature and a honeybee sanctuary, and how we struggle to continue to be servant beekeepers. Here's this week's episode. This is Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. I wanted to use this episode to just talk about Something just hit me in the head the other day when I was walking out on the farm and really it is that our bees and we as humans are living in an environmental war zone. Now let me give you a little history first so you understand where I'm coming from. At one time, the farm here where we have the 50 acres that we're turning back over to nature, we uh, were an intensive uh, fruit operation. Cherries, plums, peaches, and later some apples that didn't work out real well, but if you know anything about fruit, you know that a big part of your day is spraying things using highly toxic chemicals so that you can present fruit which someone will buy. Now, at the same time we did all that, we had honeybees. We had them when I was just a kid. We had them over at a pond, and we only we only would spray early in the morning or late at night when the bees weren't out, and we made sure about the wind and everything. And for many years, we we had bees without any issues. We never lost any bees, which was really quite fascinating. That was before varroa mites, of course. And uh, then we lost all our bees one winter when vandals came in and just opened up the hives in the middle of winter and killed them all. Uh, and we didn't. my dad decided he didn't want any more bees, and I didn't get any more bees until we started this project. So I come. I respect agriculture. I know we need farming for food, and, and I, but I just wanted to explain a little bit more, I think. I don't think I've done a very good job of it, of explaining the sense of where this farm is as far as most places on the planet, not just our farm, but I'll, I'll give you a bit of an explanation. Because I talked recently about the helicopter spraying and the weed police and all these really dumb government programs, dumb, um, just just ridiculous kinds of policies that continue to propagate this problem. I'll give you a quick example. In the community that I live in here called Chatham-Kent, a couple of years ago, they, the elected... Um, numbskulls indicated that we were in a climate change emergency climate emergency here yet the, their behavior continues to show that they don't really understand or care about it we have one of the largest garbage dumps in canada probably about two kilometers from the farm here and it's expanding it just got approval to expand to take more toronto and industrial waste um and so when you, when you, and of course, there was no opposition. No one opposed it. Not the Aboriginal people that I pleaded with, not the politicians. When I filed an appeal, it didn't make any difference. They indicated they had considered all my, my, um, you know, science and stuff, and it, none of it mattered. They were going to expand the landfill. Anyway, now remember, the landfill is owned by one of the most, well, one of the largest um, publicly traded um, garbage dump companies on the planet. Uh, Waste Connections is on the New York Stock Exchange and it's worth tens of billions of dollars and it pays everyone in the community to take their garbage. And so basically that's one piece. And then we have all around us, all around our 50 acres, what I call uh, genetically modified Roundup Ready, in one case, Agent Orange Farmers. And Agent Orange Farmers, Orange Farmers, will destroy anything to produce higher yield. They don't care about the environment, they don't care about plants, animals, nothing, not even their own health, unfortunately, or the health of their children or grandchildren. And that's sad to see, because 
just like there's that, there's a huge group of farmers who do care about the environment, who have profitable businesses, but do care. And so you have that sort of group. But around us, I can tell you, it's all GMO farming. It's all um, Roundup. Um, and the other part that's concerning, if we just look at that, is that across the way, within a few kilometers, we have farms that are uh, fruit farms, but they don't follow the same rules did with regard to spraying only at certain times. So we're in the middle of this incredible environmental war that's going on. This, this. Now the question is, can our bees survive? Well, so far so good, touch wood. It's, it's only our second year of this uh, project that we're doing now. Some of the bees are in their third summer. Um, and we, as you know, introduced different genetics and, and the wildflowers and the, the environment here is growing to the point where hopefully someday our bees can sustain themselves without leaving the property, although that's going to be impossible. When there's a cherry orchard or apple orchard blooming, they're going to talk about it and they're going to go visit. And if there's someone spraying at noon on a sunny day, um, when things are blooming because they think it's going to rain, so they're dumping it with a fungicide, the chances are our bees will not make it if they're there. Um, and so this is all part of the journey and part of the research question is can our bees survive within this environmental war zone? Uh, not to mention can we as humans survive? We have so far. Um, but, but let's look at that a little deeper. So when you think of where you put your bees, it's kind of important to know what's around you. Um, it's not that you can change it, but certainly you can talk about it in a way that gives you a bit more knowledge about what's happening and also to manage your own health. One suggestion we have that so far is working is have as much habitat close to your hives as possible. Uh, two is become an advocate. Just as we tried, when you see things happening, call. If there's someone spraying on a windy day and the bees are flying, uh, that's usually not permitted depending on where you are. So take a stand. You're going to have to speak up. You're going to have to try to make this happen. The other one is uh, take on the ridiculous ridiculous rules about what you can grow on your own property. It wasn't too long ago that milkweed was considered noxious, a threat to agriculture, and would destroy agriculture if it wasn't managed. Very quickly, with and thankfully, the monarch, and it may be too late, the monarch butterfly lobby group pushed and pushed, and finally, magically, the same milkweed was no longer noxious. Um, we've experienced this with thistle recently where thistles have been always hated. Thistles have been always hated in the history of man. I think it's even mentioned in the Old Testament. But in some parts of the world, it's not hated. In Scotland, it's a national flower. Uh, there's an island in Italy where you can actually purchase thistle honey, which is one of the only places in the world to produce that produces that honey, which is incredibly valuable. Um, thistle also provides monarch butterflies with food to help them during times when there isn't a lot else lot else available to eat so we we want to manage it of course we want it to be you know not the entire thing or a big part of it but we don't believe that a person should be penalized or criminalized because they're allowing land to go back to nature and unfortunately the um the rules are at one point and then they turn around on the other side of their mouth politicians and talk about helping the environment hypocrites and none of them live see what we're talking about is living the solution. So if you have a lawn and you're going to let a few square feet go back to nature, wonderful. You're doing something to help. 
The majority of our politicians do not do that. They set rules and then they they don't they don't live by those rules. They don't contribute personally to the um, solution. So let's let's all contribute to the solution. We're going to continue to document what's happening here on the farm in the hopes it'll give us a bit more insight in can you do our kind of project in the middle of an environmental war zone? Because let's not kid ourselves. We are living within an environmental war zone. The question is, will our bees adapt and will they survive? I'm Hank for the Wildflower Bee Farm. You have an amazing day. It's a great day here on the farm. I'm going to go out and take some more videos this afternoon. Hopefully we'll share them with you in the future. Remember, you can go to our uh, website, wildflowerbeefarm.com, and help us, support us. Pick up some t-shirts if you'd like, or any other um, material, maybe a hat, a toque with a beautiful bee on it, or something to help us in our cause. Have an amazing day, and we'll talk again next week. To learn more about how honeybees can help you in your investing and personal life, go to investlikeahoneybee.com. There you'll learn how listening to the honeybees helped us in so many ways and can help you. Investlikeahoneybee.com